Hi, my beautiful cousins. This is Rebecca with Sunflowers Life Coaching, and I hope you are having a fabulous Monday. So today we are going to talk about codependency, right? And codependency is a trigger for me because I have codependency tendencies. I have a lot of codependent traits, and um, it took me took me 31 years to figure out that I had codependency issues. (laughs) I never knew that I had codependency issues. And so now here I am, 32, trying to figure out how to navigate life with a codependency personality. And when I say navigate life, it's I feel like this personality, it can be cured. Um, It can be fixed, quote unquote, but I don't necessarily feel like it should be fixed or, you know, like given a fix all, I feel like it should be enhanced. So that way I can navigate life and create my boundaries and stand on my own self-worth and self-love and self-esteem. But also I don't want to have to rely on someone else for my own happiness. So when I say it doesn't have to be fixed, because there are some characteristics within codependency that I that I thoroughly like. I enjoy making whoever I am with happy, you know, I enjoy um, making them feel loved and making them feel everything that they need to feel. But in the same sense, I also enjoy standing on my own two feet and setting my boundaries so, and I think that it could be a happy medium within it, but I'm going to name off 10 common signs of codependency. And then we're going to go over what codependency is and um, some tips on how to break that cycle. And if you feel like you can't break that cycle, then hit me up at sunflowerslifecoaching at gmail.com. And we can go over some ways on how to um, build up your self-esteem and your self-worth and set some boundaries and also learning your attachment style. And one of the next video um, podcasts will be going over attachment styles. So the top 10 common signs of codependency is number one, needing someone to validate your emotions. You need someone to acknowledge that you feel a certain type of way and you want them to you want them to like kind of coach your ego, like, you know, boost you up a little bit, which is, you know, that's fine. But once it's coming down to needing that all the time and not being able to validate your own emotions and standing your and standing your own ground, then that's when it becomes a problem. Number two is lack of self-esteem, self-worth and self-love. If you go through any of my podcasts, baby, you will know that this is most definitely me. <laughs> And I am not afraid to say that I deal with lack lack of self-esteem, self-worth, and self-love, but I am working on it. And I feel like life is an end is a never-ending journey of healing and rehealing and trying to heal all over again. So the needs control the way people behave. With this, this is like you you want someone to act a certain type of way. You know that man is a cheater, but you want him to be faithful. Okay, sis, yeah. You know, like, you want them to do everything you want them to do when you want them to do it. And that's not life, you know? And and people change every seven years. 
So, and that's why marriages are so hard because every seven years, you're a new person. Every seven years, your spouse is a new person. And so now you're not only navigating life with trying to create or trying to figure out who you are now or what you like and don't like now, but you're also having to navigate your marriage and your relationship with who your partner is now and who they are and if you like them. Right, so prioritizing someone else's needs or wants over your own, the relationship is always one sided. So, with this situation, like for instance, you could be hungry and your partner could be hungry, and you would make sure they they ate, but you starving and they eating because they don't care if you eat. Or you want to go out or you want to go hang out, but your partner is like, oh, well, you know, I want to hang out this weekend, but they hung out last weekend too. Okay. So you idolize your partner. You put your partner on a pedestal. Like you put them so high that they up there near God and you got the whole world thinking this person is just perfect. When in reality, they stuff stinks just like yours. (laughs) You have a superwoman syndrome. You always have to be the strong one. Listen, 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 listen. It's okay. You do not have to be strong all the time. This year has taught me that do not tell me I'm strong. Don't tell me I'm strong, baby. I don't want to be strong. This is, this year has taught me that I don't want to be the strong person no more. I don't. Like, you know, I used to have everything knocked out, everything. I done did everything I needed to do. I'm on top of everything. Like, you know, don't worry about it. I got it. No, not anymore. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be superwoman anymore. Like, I want you to do your own stuff. No, I'm not washing dishes. I washed dishes yesterday. You need to do it. Mm-mm. I pay these bills just like you do. Okay, like, no, I'm not taking the kids today. You, these our kids, <laughs> ours, not mine. These are our kids. Like, you go and it's your turn to do the doctor's appointments. Like, come on, right? You take the blame even when you're not to blame, avoiding conflict. I feel like this is a lot of women in marriages and long-term committed relationships or even men. I've come across a situation um, recently where I've met a man who takes the blame for situations in the relationship just to keep down the drama, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm to blame for it as well. I've been in relationships where to, in order to avoid drama or in order to avoid hurting someone's feelings, I would say, okay, I'm sorry, you're right, I did it. Like, you know, for instance, let me give you an example. Um, let's say, for instance, I don't know. <laughs> for instance, you post something on Facebook and you post it because you genuinely just liked the post. Like you, you felt like the post was real. You didn't really necessarily feel like the post was geared towards you or geared towards your relationship. You just felt like you could agree with the post. And so you share the post and that creates 
an entire argument that you never even thought was worth even an argument. And so now you're sitting here like, wait, wait, what is going on here? But in order to avoid, you know, um, arguing further, you say, you know what? You, I'm sorry, you're right. I knew that was going to make you feel some type of way and I did it anyways. When in reality, no, I wasn't even thinking about you when I made the post. <laughs> Taking on someone else's feelings, emotions, instead of keeping your own feelings and emotions intact. We call this being an empath. <laughs> Let me say this again. We call this being an empath. Okay, so... You take on someone else's feelings and emotions instead of keeping your own feelings and emotions intact. This is emotional immaturity. You you know when someone is feeling some type of way and I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's something that we do intentionally. I don't think we intentionally be like, oh, okay, you sad and depressed, so I want to be sad and depressed too. No, I think it's more so, more so, I don't like you feeling sad and depressed. And so if you're sad and depressed, now that makes me sad and depressed because I want to see you happy, even if that means I'm miserable. So if you being happy is me being miserable, then I'll be miserable. When in reality, it needs to be, oh, you not feeling good today? Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep my same attitude and mentality, right? And feeling guilty when you do something for yourself. Who I feel like women, you know, caregivers take this on. Like, we be, for real, superwoman. Like, we be in the kitchen cooking. We be in the kitchen cleaning, cleaning the house, going to work, coming home, taking care of the kids. And Lord forbid if you take care of your parents, too. And then you done got burnt out. And so you need a day where you are... At the nail salon and your feet getting done, and now you're feeling bad because you know those dishes sitting in the those dishes are sitting in the sink, or you feeling bad because you know instead of getting your nails done or your toes done, you should have probably you know spent it on saved it for a rainy day or something else. But uh -uh, we're not doing that, sis. Overwhelming fear of rejection or abandonment. So this is the 10th and the final one. So overwhelming fear of rejection or abandonment. I feel like we go through this and we don't even know we're going through this. I feel like we just never, we've been dealing with this for so long that we don't even realize that we have this level of anxiety when it's coming down to relationships. So we go through, we navigate through life with this anxiety that we have to deal with on the inside. And we don't even know we have it because we just been living through life for so long. We just, it is what it is. So now that you know what codependency is, how do we heal from it? Like, how do we deal with it? How do we let it go? Like, can you heal from codependency? You heal from codependency the way you heal from a broken bone or a broken arm or a broken leg, anything broken, you you can heal from it. And you heal from it by acknowledging the pain, right? If you break your arm, you just don't say, oh, I got a broken arm or, oh, no, I'm fine. You know, my arm's just broke. You look and you be like, oh, no, I got a broken arm. I need to go to the doctor. So now you go to the doctor, you get your arm set and your arm is on the way to recovery. 
So you acknowledge that pain, you acknowledge that the pain stems from an unhealed aspect of yourself, but you have to really sit down and sit with yourself to figure out what part of yourself isn't healed. So you can always start by learning your attachment style. There are four attachment styles. You have secure, you have avoidant, you have anxious, and then you have a combination of anxious and avoidant. You want to learn your attachment style so that you can figure out like what part of your childhood is broken and that you need to heal. So we need boundaries. So you need you need to build some boundaries. Figure out what areas in your life you need boundaries in and you stand on it. You stand on it 10 toes down and you don't care what anybody say because I'm here to let you know. People who are meant to be in your life will never cross your boundaries. And if they do cross your boundaries, they will apologize. They will correct the situation and they won't do it again. Practicing self-love and self-care. This is major for anything and anybody. Practice. Listen. Every day, take 15 minutes to yourself and you relax and you practice your level of self-care. I don't care if that looks like writing in your journal. I don't care if that looks like taking a bubble bath or an whatever you need to do. Practice self-care. Learn to say no. It's okay to say no. Tell them no. 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 I want you to take a day where everything you every question somebody asks you, the answer is no. Learn who you are again. Learn learning yourself. Learning to stand up for yourself, to love yourself. Learning who you are. All right. So these these are the ten. We have ten signs that you can identify to figure out if you are codependent, and then five ways to um, heal or fix the codependency. So what is necessary? So what is like codependency? So codependency is really the need to feel needed or you have to rely on someone else for their constant approval codependency is often um a very big byproduct of an unhealthy relationship that you had with your parents growing up so if you if your parents weren't always there then nine times out of ten there's some level of codependency that you're dealing with you're still trying to control your environment so that you don't feel that level of um a that level of abandonment again. Codependency can happen in any situation. And when I say any situation, baby, I mean it can be with a dog, it can be with an apple. Okay? It can be with the tree outside. Codependency, whatever makes you feel secure, that's codependency. And if you don't have a healthy attachment with that um secure with that object, person, place, or thing. We develop these codependency traits as a way to like lessen the feelings of hurt, rejection, or abandonment. A lot of times codependency is activated like when we are born to parents who are neglectful. If our parent if you were born to a parent who failed to pay attention to you and provide you with your most basic human needs, like food. For one, like shelter for two, like you automatically begin to look for other ways to to supplement to supplement what you're not receiving. And that instant of neglect, our body triggers it. It triggers like this fight or flight or freeze mechanism. 
because it we automatically like your heart automatically feels like you are under a real life threat. Our parents were not present to defend us in this instant. And now we built up a protective barrier to prevent this from happening again. But instead of preventing this from happening again, it's actually happening over and over and over and over. And every time it happens, we build up an even taller wall. But then it happens again and again and again and again. And every time it happens, it feels worse and it feels worse and it feels worse. But I think we really need to understand that hurt is actually here to heal us. Pain is actually sent to heal us. The problem is pain has two roads. Pain is like a path, right? And it leads to two different roads. It's a fork in the road. And to go down one road is healing, which is what we want. But to go down another road is pain, which is what we don't want. But somewhere going down both roads, there's a there's a cross, right? There, like we have this medium, but there's like this little road that connects both sides. And when you're going down your healing journey, sometimes that healing journey feels like pain. Sometimes that healing looks like pain. And so we want to run from that pain because we're tired of dealing with the pain. It's been six months. I'm tired of feeling pain. It's been a year. I'm tired of feeling pain. It's been two years. I'm tired of feeling pain. I've done the shadow work. I've done the prayers. I've done the soul searching. I've done everything I need to do. Why do I still feel this level of pain? I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling this pain. So now it's like, all right. Let me go on over here so I can get this quick fix that's going to end in pain, right? Or we go down the pain journey and it's like I got all these quick fixes and I'm not feeling the pain directly because I got got the drugs that's covering up the pain. I got the hoeing that's covering up the pain. I got the school that's covering up the pain. I got all these kids that's covering up the pain. But when it's time for me to sit with myself, all I feel is pain. So now I'm tired of feeling this pain. So now let me go on over here to this healing journey that I've realized starts out as painful, but ends in rewards of being healed. And I no longer feel this pain. Sometimes pain is actually the cover of healing. So instead of taking time to find out who our authentic selves are, we take bits and pieces of the people we meet and we identify these attributes with ourselves. So that creates our codependency. So now instead of Knowing who I am, I have a little bit of, you know, my first ex, (laughs) the first love of my life. I have a little bit of you and me, okay, but we didn't work out. So now I got to go to the next person, but I still have some of this old person in me, but I'm going to take just a little bit of you and now let me go to this next person, okay? And you like this, so let me take a little bit of this because I know in this moment you were happy and it made me feel happy and we weren't arguing, but the relationship still didn't work out. So now I have to go to this next person and take a little bit of them too. And here I am 32 years later and I don't know who I am. 
because I got X number one and X number two and X number three and X number four and a little bit of you too that's stuck inside of me and I don't know who I am. But what I do know is I'm tired of this pain. So today we have gone over codependency. And um, next week, I kind of want to go over attachment styles because I want us to know like how we attach to the person that we love. So right now we're on codependency. Next week, we'll do um, attachment styles. And if you guys have any questions or if you have any suggestions, please, please, please send me an email. Send me an email. If no one has told you today, you're amazing. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are everything. And if you ever need anyone to talk to, if you're looking for a life coach, if you're looking for a therapist, send me an email, sunflowerslifecoaching at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope that this podcast blesses you. Have a good day.